Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Well, hello and welcome in to the Money Night Podcast. I'm Ben George. He's Wade Chessman, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. We've got a good show today, Wade, because we're talking Secure Act 2.0. And I know that this is something that's been on your radar for a little while, but I think for a lot of people, they might have just overlooked this because it was part of a larger bill that was signed very, very late in 2022 mm-hmm. and then took effect to start the year. So, you know, it could have easily been lost among all the other news going on. Right. It seems like... Uh when Congress wants to get something done, all of a sudden, bam. It's kind of like this the first Secure Act one that came along mm-hmm. just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, I know it didn't, but we didn't have a lot of up notice before it came out, and then bam, it just came out. So, yeah, not surprising that people would uh, maybe not have everything they need to know about this thing. Yeah, and, and not only that, though, it's also really long, too, right? I don't know. Have you had a chance to look through it all? Because I think I, did I read somewhere there's almost 90 ish provisions in this entire Secure Act 2.0? Of course. I read every sen- single <laughs> sentence of it. Are you kidding? You love reading uh, legislation. That's just what you do on the yes, weekends, right? Yes. That's what I do at night <laughs> when I get home. I read legislation. No, you know, one of the great things is, uh, I think I've talked about this before. Maybe we could do a whole show on this, but Sean Phillips, it's in my office. It's been with me forever, partner in the office with us here. He is an Ed Slot elite advisor. It's a... I think I've talked about this before, but essentially twice a year. Now, Ben, this sounds like uh, sticking a needle in my eye type thing. Hmm. But Sean loves it, and I'm grateful for him that he does. Uh, he goes twice a year to, to a meeting, and all they do is talk about this stuff. And, and we've got so I rely on him a lot to help us keep up to date on this stuff. But no, I did not sit around and read it all. But hmm. the good news is we have. We have the we have the data, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and what we want to do too today is just kind of pull out some of the the key points. We've identified four. Uh, Wade might add a couple bonus ones for you along the way, but we've basically found four kind of key uh, changes that you know has a good chance of impacting you. None of these could affect you. Maybe all of them will affect you. Either way, these are things you want to have a conversation with your advisor about, making sure that. You don't need to make adjustments this year because, like I said, a lot of this stuff has already taken effect. Some of it will take effect in the coming years, but being aware and making adjustments where needed is so, so important. And if you have questions, when we get done with this, if you do want to follow up, chessmanwealth.com is the website, and you can always call 214-572-2120. All right, let's start with RMDAs, Required Minimum Distributions, because Secure Act, the original one back to start 2020, had moved the date from or the age from 70 and a half to 72. And now here we are a few years later, Wade, moving it back again. I know. Crazy. I keep changing it. Um, it's, it's depending on when you were born, it could be as high as now 75. So for me, anyone born after 1960, you're now your new required minimum distribution date is 75. And you may say, well, who cares when my RMD is? Well, it has some good things and bad things. I mean, the government's going to want to get their money one way or the other. They want the taxes. I always tell people IRAs, 401ks, these are tax deferred, not tax free, unless you do the Roth option. So I, I'm not sure exactly what the point of pushing these up 
the kind of the rationale behind changing these. Maybe it's to give people more time to save or people are living longer. The benefit, though, is it gives people a lot of people more opportunity to do some tax planning, which I've talked about lots and lots of times on this podcast. I've got a book that that I hope to get finished this year talking about that very thing. Taxes have, in my opinion, have nowhere to go but up. So if you have some years between the time you have to take money out of your IRA and maybe your income's lower because you're not working and things like that, it gives, it gives us more time to do tax planning and, and perhaps reduce the amount of taxes that we have to pay in the long run. So it's interesting that they changed it. Uh, the benefit, I think, to most people is it just gives more time for planning and gives us more opportunities to uh, take advantage of maybe years where your income isn't quite as low. So an example would be, Ben, let's say you're 68 years old and you retire. Maybe you don't even start taking Social Security. Maybe you wait till you're 70. So you're you're just kind of living off your investments for a couple of years. So your okay. income is really low. Well, those would be a couple of years where we might want to look at doing some Roth conversions, taking money out of IRAs and other taxable accounts so that in the future, our RMDs are, are also lower. So that's the benefit, I guess, possible benefit to people to be aware of that and just to understand, hey, there's could could be some planning. Yeah, and I guess you know the the whole idea of the Secure Act is to you know, set people up for retirement. So I guess that's the idea. Is that hopefully you'll have a chance to save a little bit more. But just being aware of that uh, so so important. A lot of strategy around taking your RMDs, catch up contributions. Um, they made some changes there as well. You know, for anyone over fifty, retirement account catch up contributions will be seventy five hundred this year. And then for anyone between 60 and 63 now, so bumped up a little bit more, uh, beginning in the year 2025, they can make contributions up to 10000 What do you think about this one? I think it's great. It just gives people an opportunity. Typically, your highest, maybe not even highest income time period, but the time maybe you have less expenses. Your kids are hopefully out of the house and you're not having to spend as much money on those. You're Maybe your house is paid off or you don't have as many expenses. It's an opportunity to make up, catch up, if you will. Just put a little bit more money aside. So I think it's great they're, they're letting people do that as well. They're, all, they're also, just as an, as an aside to this, the catch-up provisions in the past, the catch-up contributions in the past um, haven't necessarily been indexed to go up every year. But starting in 2024, IRA catch-up contributions will be indexed for inflation. So yeah. that's another benefit. This will just keep going up. So it just allows people to put more money in their uh, plans as they get older. I'm 50 now, so I've been able to put more money in my 401k and backdoor Roth and other things like that. So yeah, I think it's great. I'm glad they're doing that. I, I think really the impetus behind a lot of this really is to try to help people have more secure retirements because, and we've talked about this before, Ben, the old way of doing things where you just worked for one company for 50 years, got a nice pension, and then you're done, that just doesn't work anymore. So mm -hmm. uh, we, it's the onus is on us, the individual, to plan for our own retirement. So yep. there you go. Yeah, It's a good one. I like it. So SECURE Act stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act. So that's kind of the whole idea that we talked about, just how to, helping people improve their retirement. And this catch-up contribution does just that. Hopefully, if you're able to take advantage of that, it's there for you. All right, a couple of interesting ones I'm going to throw at you now. So the 529 plan, 
most people are aware of, help you save for college and, and mm-hmm. put money away for education. But I know people have always been a little hesitant to put too much in there because you don't want to overfund it and, or maybe it doesn't get used for education and then you're, you know, you're stuck with all this money there that you got to pull out and then maybe have a penalty on and pay taxes on. But this bill does now allow you to roll money from a 529 into a Roth and still be able to take advantage of those tax benefits. That's right. And I think this is a really cool one. I know there's some restrictions on on how this can be done, but uh, occasionally you know, you'll run into people that have been very diligent about saving money in their 529 plan, uh, and maybe their kid doesn't go to college or goes to gets a big scholarship or doesn't they don't end up using it all. I mean, in the past, you know, you could take it out, but you'd be hit with a penalty on withdrawals above your basis. You can move it to another child, which I've def- I did in my own case. You could uh, move it to a relative. There's lots of things you can do, but now we have another option where they can use some of this money for a Roth contribution. So it's a great, this is a great one. Certainly something to think about. I think it's not going to affect that many people, I don't think, because most people use their 529 plans for, you know, use them up. They use them for college, but... In addition, you know, a couple of years ago, they also allowed you to use your 529 for private school up to $10,000, private pre-college, you know, high school, mm-hmm. things like that. So they've made the, the 529 more, they've given you more options, made it a little bit more attractive. So certainly something to look into, especially if you have a 529 plan and, you know, your child's that much further into college and you don't think you're going to end up using it all. This is another option to consider. So it's, I think this is great. Yeah, of course, there are some restrictions, as you talked about. And so you'll want to look into that a little bit. But I think it is really cool to have that option. And especially, you know, if you're able to, even if your kid doesn't go to school or doesn't need the money, gets a scholarship, right, which you always hope for, you can always get them off to a great start with their Roth, too, potentially. So sure. some really good things there. All right. Here's one I'm curious to get your thoughts on, Wade. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the country about student loan debt. Right. right. And how do we solve that issue? And, and that's mm-hmm. not what I want to discuss here because that Good, could be because I don't want to go crazy. <laughs> that could be a long podcast. But one thing that was added in here in the Secure Act 2.0 is for anyone that's trying to save and get off to a start, you know, with saving for retirement. You know, one of the issues with student loan debt is that I can't save. I can't put money away because I'm paying down the debt. Well, this is changing a little bit with people that work for a company that has a 401k match. This provision is going to allow you to take advantage of that match without putting money into your 401k. Instead, the money that you're paying down your student loan debt with, that will account for that money that would normally be going into a 401k. So you can still get your match just by paying your student loan debt down without having to contribute. What do you think? I mean, very interesting. And I think it will. There are a lot of folks that uh, are saddled with lots of student loan debt. You know, I'm certainly not in a. I don't agree with what uh, the White House has been doing by essentially forgiving debt these last four or five years by not making people pay it. And I certainly don't think the, that they should just give people, uh, release them of their debt. So we won't even talk about that. It certainly helps people that come out of school that, that had, that have a lot of debt, gives them an option then to be able to at least get some money into their. 401k plan. Again, I think all this stuff is designed to make sure that Americans are more prepared for retirement. Um, Hence the name secure. 
Now they're trying to help people have a more secure retirement. This is just another idea to be able to do it. Um, gives them a little extra incentive to pay off to save while paying off their educational loan. So it's, a, it's an interesting one. You know, they're thinking outside the box. Yeah, you can at least appreciate that part of it. Um, I definitely think I appreciate that part. And I think this, I like this a lot better than just giving people debt relief. Right. When we don't have the money to do it, at least this one helps people that are helping themselves. Yeah. And that money goes into a 401k, right? Uh, or that they can, you know, have start stocking away for years to come. So it's not money they're necessarily getting right now, but it'll help them over time. So interesting nonetheless. So if you, if you are someone that's, uh, that's in that position, you know, maybe check with your company's HR and just kind of find, get some more details about, you know, how, how this might work for you. But, um, you know, and if your company doesn't have a 401k match, then it won't impact you. They can't, they don't, they're not forced to give you one just because you're paying, but yeah. the option is on the table. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so that's all I have for four. I know there's, I think I read there's like almost 90 something provisions. So yeah, there's a couple of other interesting ones. Yeah. I'm curious what's um, caught your eye. Well, one, I think that was interesting. It sounds good on paper, but I think it's actually going to end up costing people money. So occasionally what will happen, Ben, is that people will miss the required minimum distribution. You know, they just forget to do it or they didn't know they had to do it, especially like, uh, God, we need to do a whole podcast on beneficiary IRA changes and they've gone back and forth with how that's treated and when do you have to take your required minimum distributions out and all this stuff's really it's kind of gotten confusing. But mm-hmm. in the past, if you missed your RMD, so you got to the end of the year and you forgot to do it, right? Yeah. What you could do, at least in my from my experience, what I would see is so what you what you would do is you would go ahead and then take your RMD that you missed in the next year. And then, so you would do two RMDs in one year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you would send in something to the IRS saying, Hey, I missed it. I'm going to do it. And, I, and I, I've had it happen a number of times in my career. And I've never had anybody, I've never had the IRS come back and hit them with a penalty. They've always been pretty forgiving, which is shocking given the IRS. So now what they're doing is, they're, and that penalty was huge, it was 50%. Um, wow. So if you missed your RMD, they could hit you with a 50% penalty on the amount you should have done. So it, it's really bad. So they reduced it to 25%, but then they reduced it again if corrected timely. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to see what they mean by timely. I, I suspect that you'd have to make sure you do it like within, I don't know. I don't know what the timely part is. Mm-hmm. But what I think it's going to actually do is they're going to start enforcing that 10%. So you're, you're going to actually, I, I could be wrong here. They've been very forgiving in the past, but now that they've dropped it down to 10, I think what will end up happening is that people will end up having to pay that 10%. Still, that could be a lot of money. Some part, people's RMDs are $70,000, $60,000. You know, talking six or $7,000 penalty. So it'll be just that much more important than to make sure that you don't miss your RMD. And really, I think that's, more and more for people that are getting beneficiary that are inheriting IRAs and things like that. You just really want to be cautious, conscious of when you're supposed to take it out and how. And we've had people reach out to us just with questions on that recently. It's people we don't even know, just people off the web that noticed that Sean's an Ed Slot advisor and has questions. So anyway, mm-hmm. that I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, it sounds good. Hey, we're going to reduce the penalty. Right. But what I think it was going to end up probably happening is that people that wouldn't have gotten hit with a penalty at all, since they took care of it 
quickly. We'll still end up having to pay that 10% penalty. I could be wrong. That's I'm kind of reading between the lines, but that's kind of what I think. Um, another one, Ben, that's kind of cool. So we like to throw around acronyms in our business. Every business has, has acronyms, right? I don't know. Do you guys have Do you have any acronyms in, in the podcast world that, that I don't know about? Anything? Uh, Nothing I can think of immediately. But like yeah. a microphone or I don't know. Yeah. But we got a million of them. QCD, we talked about QCDs, qualified charitable distributions. Right now, the limit is $100,000. And that, starting in 2024, will start to go up with inflation. So that's good for those of you that out there that, you know, have big – and there's, there's a lot more than you think. People with large IRA balances, um, they want to give away money out of their IRA. It'll start going up. So that's kind of cool. Those are a couple that jumped out at me that I think are a little – that are pretty interesting. Um, there's a bunch of other, like you said, page after page after page of – stuff that really won't affect a lot of people. So another interesting thing I thought was had to do with charitable qualified charitable distribution. So beginning this year, if you're over 70 and a half and you want to make a QCD, they're going to allow a one-time gift up to $50,000, which will be adjusted annually for inflation, which is nice to a charitable remainder unit trust, a charitable remainder annuity trust or charitable gift annuity. And this just, what they're doing is expanding the type of charity or charities that can receive QCDs. And it definitely will count towards your required minimum distribution. So just an interesting addition, making the QCD even that much more flexible. So if you were someone that, for example, wanted to um, send money out of your IRA and you wanted to set up a charitable gift annuity to receive some income for life while benefiting your favorite charity, now you can also do that while satisfying your RMD. So I thought that was a pretty interesting addition. And there's some, there's a lot of other um, things out there. For example, you can there's things for special needs trust. Oh, here here's another one. Last one. Okay. Promise. <laughs> They're allowing the Roth option in simple and set plans, which I think is great. Okay. Because you know a lot of people, self-employed people that have set plans or a small company that doesn't want to do a full 401k. Like we used to have a simple plan here at Chessman Wealth for a long time. Fairly easy to, you know, it's very easy to, there's no uh, 5,500. There's no, it's a lot less reporting, but you don't have the, the Roth option, but now you're going to have that. And here's another big one. Right now, if you make a contribution to your 401k and on the Roth side, your match is pre-tax. Now it's going to allow for employer match and non-elective contributions. So the Roth match, they'll allow for a match to be on the Roth side. I don't know all the details on that one, but again, they're just, seems like to me what they're trying to do is really, and it's convoluted in some ways, but they are trying to do some things to make people have a more secure retirement. So interesting discussion. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see more things coming down in the future. Yeah, no question about it. So if you have questions about this for Wade and just want to really go through more of the Secure Act 2.0 or just kind of see what this could mean for your plan itself, uh, I encourage you to reach out. You can do so by logging on to chessmanwealth.com, schedule a time to meet with Wade there, or you can call 214-572-2120 to get Chessman Wealth Strategies there. 
in Dallas, but also serving uh, people nationwide. So if you are listening, no matter where you're listening from, you can always reach out. We'll be happy to have a conversation with you. All right, Secure Act 2.0, big uh, big news in the retirement planning world for sure. So pay attention. And uh, Wade, thanks for taking us through a few things here. You got it. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.